Hi, welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Ange coming to you with episode 283, and uh, we have a really exciting announcement. Shar, did you know that we have a sponsor? Yes, this is exciting <laughs> news. Yeah. We've had many people that have uh, supported and helped the show, but this is this is official. Okay, the cool thing about this sponsor is anybody that listens to Bitch Talk knows that we love our meat. Especially steaks. And uh, I don't get to eat fancy steaks enough because they're expensive and we don't didn't have any sponsors. But I would love to have a fancy steak in the in the privacy of my own backyard. And that's what this sponsor is. You've got a nice backyard, too. I do. Well, it's a patio, yeah, but, but it's that, small. That, but, but that... I actually, now that you're bringing up uh, what the our sponsor, which is... Mangrate. And... <laughs> I actually, now that I think about it, you've got a perfect place for us to grill with the mangrate. It's true because, well, North Beach is probably one of the more sunny neighborhoods in the city. So there's not always that wind that kills. I, I have a coal grill. But the problem with a coal grill is obviously the uneven heating surface. Especially when you have a fancy steak, you don't want part of it to be charred and part of it to be still right, raw. Right. So that's essentially what mangrate is. It is 100% American-made and designed to fit on top of any grilling surface. So it could be a charcoal a charcoal grill, a gas grill. My favorite is camping. It's camping season. But when you get to your campsite, the grill is so nasty. You spend so much time scrubbing it and, and hopefully not catching whatever was left on the grill. The perfect solution to that is this eight pounds of raw cast iron. Throw it on top and you're ready to go. I'm just I'm totally distracted now because now I want a mangrate because I want to go to your rooftop patio and put this on the grill and let's just make a meal. I agree. And you know we, we should do the podcast from there. While we're mangrating. <laughs> well, what the hell are we doing here? I don't know. <laughs> well, okay, so the beauty is now if you're listening uh, Mangrate is giving our listeners a 40% off on all grates and premium brushes. All you have to do is go to mangrate.com. That's M-A-N-G-R-A-T-E. And enter the code DAD18. That's DAD18. You get 40% off. Thanks to mangrate.com. And yeah, be sure to visit them because uh, your support of Mangrate helps support the show. So now... I can't wait to hear about uh, this interesting interview you've got coming up, Ange. Yeah, this is a crazy one. And uh, just to give a little bit of background, I went in for the opening of a gallery exhibit, uh, which was photography on Prince pre-fame. That's right, because we actually we did an interview last week. Yeah. And then afterwards, you were on your way there. Yeah. I didn't realize that you were going to do some interviews and stuff. Uh, me awesome. neither. <laughs> <laughs> no, I entered the exhibit as a Prince fan, and... After uh, people got a chance to walk around and look at the photos, and then they did a Q&A with the photographer who was there, and also Prince's first manager. And while they were doing the Q&A, I was like, shit, I got to have them on the show. So I beelined straight for uh, Robert Whitmore, and I was like, you have to be on Bitch Talk, blah, blah, blah. They're, they were both just visiting, and they were gracious enough to say, yes, we'll, we'll be on the podcast. So less than 48 hours later, I came back and I interviewed them. So, oh, so you went, so you went, went to back. that. Yeah. You went got equipment and then went back to yeah. the, the exhibit yeah awesome. i was like i, I gotta take advantage while they're here 
And it just the episode is full of awesome stories of Prince. And uh, a little later, you're going to hear from the gallery owner, Freddie. He pops in to talk about how this this gallery exhibit came to be. So it's it's really interesting. All three men in their own right. We could have an episode with just every one of them because it's so, so interesting. You've got three people on the show right now. Right. So it's going to be Robert Whitman, who's the photographer who took photos of Prince before he became famous, and Owen Husney, who is Prince's first manager, and then Freddie Azuris, who is the gallery owner of uh, Family Affair, which is where the exhibit is being held right now. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited for everybody to hear, so uh, enjoy. Okay, Mr. Robert Whitman and Owen Husney, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us at Bitch Talk. I'm so excited for this conversation. We're going to talk all things Prince. (laughs) Uh, I guess we could start with Owen. Uh, You are responsible for finding this talent that pretty much revolutionized music and changed a lot of our lives. How did you find Prince? Where were you at that that point? He was hiding behind the couch. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um... You know, I, I tell a lot of stories about it. Uh, Chris Moon owned a little eight-track studio in Minneapolis, and he had recorded Prince. Prince had come in with another band named Champagne, and uh, he gave Prince the keys to a studio after three days after meeting him, and, and uh, Prince recorded there. They were going to try to get a record deal, but they weren't having any success, so he brought me the tape. So really, people say, who discovered Prince? Look, Prince discovered himself, and uh, but <laughs> we all got together, and I'm going to lead into this, how I, uh, Robert and I go back to break grade school together, uh, but once I heard his demo tape, and once Chris came to my office and played me the demo tape, I knew that I had to put a team together because what I heard on that tape was somebody attempting to do a brand new sound for the day, mm-hmm. not just a derivative sound of the other bands. You know, there were bands that came in to my office sounded just like Black Sabbath. They sounded just like Earth, Wind & Fire, but we, we already had those bands. Mm-hmm. When Prince came in, he was drawing upon his roots, but they were attempting to take it a, you know, a step further in creating a new sound. So once that happened, and I was totally in, I'd listened to that in my car on the cassette maybe 200 times that weekend <laughs> to decide, okay, I'm in, I'm going to do it. It's like, oh my gosh, now i got to put together a freaking team to, to get Prince signed and, and over. And uh, Robert had worked for, you know, for me doing my fashion photography in my advertising agency that I had as well. And he had a, this rare eye where he could really, there were other photographers that had worked for us at the time, but it just, there was something very special about what Robert did. So he had to be the first team member mm-hmm. and I'm going to turn it over to him. So I said a couple of things to Robert. I said, you know, He's really cute, but sometimes cute does not transfer to film. So, you know, maybe you guys do what you do. Do your magic, Robert. Take him around town, whatever you're going to do. And let's see if he's going to be cute on film, which, of course, obviously, yeah, he was. Yeah, and then some. Yeah, that's putting it lightly. (laughs) The second thing I said to Robert, and by the way, because you do all my fashion photography, I'm not paying you. So, that's why he owns everything today, and I'm very happy to say he that. Never so, paid me for my fashion <laughs> Not then. So I'm going to turn it over to Robert for a second. But then, uh, I, I, Robert, you know, met up with Prince, 
took him over. Well, you tell the story, but he took him around town, took him into his studio, took him to my uh, house. So. Okay. So, Robert, you get, you get the call from Owen, and, and how are you feeling about this? Well, it was uh, pretty cool. I think uh, you came over to my house. Uh, yeah, or it was, however you somebody were. came over and said, you've got to listen to this uh, tape. And they picked me up, drove me around. We listened to the soft and wet. And <laughs> it was something like, it was so uh, really unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And they said, you've got to meet this, uh, this kid, da, da, da. They took me over to the recording studio. And there he was uh, playing all the instruments. And it's just so, so cool. And then Owen approached me saying, uh, would I like to do, uh, or could I do his press kit for him to, uh, you know, get a signed deal? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I would, be, you know, be very happy. And at that time, I was a very, you know, young starting out photographer, too. And Owen gave me the, you know, his agency had uh, a, a lot of fashion clients. And I was a young and coming fashion photographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really, uh, you know, it was really cool to be able to shoot Prince. Yeah, it's funny because you say you didn't know what you were doing. Have that, and, well, I but, didn't because almost every job, and this was even with Owen, and I, don't, I, I shouldn't even tell him now, but I really <laughs> didn't know what you I was You get what you pay for, all right, Owen? <laughs> I want the money that I did not pay you back. <laughs> but uh, almost every job I did, I had to go to the camera store and ask them how to do it. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, gradually, after uh, you know several jobs, I, I learned one thing or another. But almost everything I had to kind of ask, and this was a total experiment too. So, which makes it kind of interesting, you know, when you have a, when you always do the same thing, it's kind of boring. This it was all new to me, and even though I was doing some fashion, but to do uh, a, some portraits, it mm-hmm. was very cool. It, and that's what I find that's really interesting about your work, is that you, you said it wasn't like you were so passionate about becoming a photographer, and you kind of just learned the trade along the way, but you had something special within you that, that was able to get something out of these people, yeah, and that's yeah. something that you can't teach. Uh, I think uh, a lot of it had to do with when I was in high school, in my first year of college, I was in theater. And I really wanted to uh, be an actor, come to New York, da da da. Mm-hmm. And I think I ended up uh, when I was 19, traveling around the world by myself, and uh, came back, and you know everything kind of changed. I didn't know what to do. I was a hippie, and I saw this movie called Blow Up about this really hot photographer with all these beautiful models running around. <laughs> Uh, there was only three things in the world I didn't want to do. I never wanted to wear a coat and a tie. When I had a lot of hair, I had long hair and a beard. I never wanted to work nine to five. I saw this movie and I go, I want to be a photographer. And the crazy <laughs> thing is, I only got into photography because of the lifestyle. I mean, I really had no <laughs> desire to take a picture. I just wanted to be around uh, beautiful models and having fun. Yeah. And But then uh, luckily I ended up having an eye and... Uh, I think uh, my theater background, being able to scream and uh, get people to open up towards me is really the secret of uh, my success and how I got Prince to do some crazy things and how we collaborated. But I think it all had to do with, with my theater uh, background. And, and your, yeah, your personality, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why you, you thought of him, right, Owen? You, you wanted Prince to kind of get out of his shell because he was a little shy. We, well, yes and no. 
Actually, I wanted Prince to stay in his shell, seriously, hmm. because that's who he was. And uh, I didn't, you know, a lot of people were saying to me at the time, not Robert, but a lot of people were saying to me at the time, well, put him in a suit, make him or make him look like Michael Jackson or, I don't know, <laughs> make him look like Paul McCartney, which that wasn't him. Right. And, you know, kind of the greatest thing that a manager can do with a young artist when they first meet them is to exploit who they really are, not who they you think he should be mm. or, or whatever. So I was trying to come up with this press kit. And I sat Prince down and I interviewed him. And every time I asked him a question, he just clammed up. And remember, we were, it was all very early. And so let me take everyone back on a journey for a second. We're going to get in the time machine and we're going back to 1976, 77. <laughs> because when I talk about Prince, people picture the icon, the superstar, the entourage, the bodyguards. And... Most people don't re know that, you know, when, or realize that when he, he was, when he came to us, Robert and myself, he was just a, a teenager, an 18 year old. He was just a little kid, very naive, but a man of few words, unbelievably talented. So when I sat down to do the press kit with him, he just clammed up. But I first, then I asked him a question about, so where did you learn how to play guitar? And he opened up as long as it was on music. Hmm. He not your mom or your dad. I did ask him a couple of questions. And so I realized, here's a man of few words. He's very mysterious and was then. And so let's make this press kit mysterious. And so let's, if you look at the press kit, you'll see it's just a picture that Robert took and then a statement. It's on all black paper. They cost us $100 a piece to do these press kits, and we only made 15 of them, so it cost $1,500 to do. Hmm. Uh, uh, it cost us $150 each. We only made like 10 of them, so it was like 1500 bucks. And I knew one thing, that when we went out to Hollywood, California IA, to uh, present him to the labels, the, his music would do the talking. Mm -hmm. And so if the press kid said nothing, just a few sentences about how did he learn how to play the drums and blah, 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 the A&R people, the record labels, would start asking questions because they wanted to know more. And once they started asking questions, I owned them. Yeah. I owned their ass. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then uh, they would listen to the tape. They would see that this guy was, had something very special. So we had it all game planned out. So is that uh, your general process on helping a new musician kind of find their voice and, and who they want, what kind of mark they want to they want to leave and like just kind of talking them through it and yeah, you have to get you you know to really do a good job with a young artist in their first time, you have to find out who they are, and usually they'll present themselves to you exactly how they are when you meet them. So you don't want to make them into something else. Because they haven't been tainted yet. Right. <laughs> <By it. Yeah. laughs> that's, that's right. And, you know, the, the prince that Robert and I worked with was totally unvarnished and no layers of superstardom. It was, he was just raw, pure prince. And, you know, it was just, but so unbelievably intelligent, so intellectual, so... But the thing that got me about him, besides his obvious talent, was his drive. And being around him, even at those early stages, um, 
I, that's what influenced me to work with him. Because if he would have come over to my house that first day and he would have said, hey man, here's a joint, let's lay on the couch and watch the game, I would not have managed him. But I could see that he had the work ethic. He just of wanted like to work. 40 year old CEO of a company. Mm. And he was going to bust everybody's ass to get it done, including his own, just work 24 7. And you rise to the occasion as a manager. But I wanted him to be who he was for two reasons. Number one, that's who he was. And number two, if I would have tried to change him, he would have reared up against me. It would not have worked. So. Mm-hmm. Was there something, is there something about Prince that maybe a lot of people wouldn't know or, or something that surprised you about him? Well, that, yeah, he had a tremendous sense of humor. Hmm. Uh, we got in, when we were doing the first album, we, to, you know, it gets very tense in the studio. If you can imagine taking pictures in your studio of someone, but imagine laying down these tracks night after night after night and trying to make it perfect. So we got into this whole system of practical jokes that we would do. But his, his intellect allowed him to understand things and laugh at them. And, you know, we, it was very interesting. But we did a lot of practical jokes. People, it would, there was one time that we were eating at a restaurant in Sausalito and he brought a squirt gun. And we're all sitting at the table, David Z, myself, and Prince. Uh, David was uh, the early producer. And Prince had the squirt gun, and he holds it under the table, and he squirts it up into the air all around the restaurant. <laughs> and people are looking around, and they're wiping their hair, and they're wiping their everything off. And, you know, and the, but the thing about it was, he wasn't laughing. He was acting, and he would just act like nothing happened. Just deadpan. <laughs> and nobody ever realized it was him. It, because if people would have looked back, and we had all been chuckling, yeah. you know, oh, get him out of here, you know. But <laughs> then he would do it again, and people were like, what, looking at the ceiling? And, you know, so, it, and that's very typical. Uh, there was one other story I'll tell you real quick. Because cool. You asked. No, I would then, love to, yeah. Know, well, um, is we, after a session in Minneapolis one night when we were doing the demo tapes, we went to eat at a restaurant called Perkins Pancake House. And we're sitting there with a reporter and myself and David and Prince. And they bring, he loved to have malted milk and pancakes. That was his favorite thing. <laughs> and he, he takes the malt and he puts one of everything, like hot sauce, and he puts sugar in there and he puts look, just tea and coffee in it and he puts it in this in the milkshake in the malted glass and then he calls the waiter over and he says to the waiter um something's not right with this i think you better taste it you know and uh and i'm going oh God, this is gonna not end well and the waiter says no i just brought it to you i made it it's perfect and he says i think you better taste it and the guy takes one sip of it and he turns green and he spits everything out all over his out, all over his pants and his shirt and his little perkins apron and and it was like and i'm like dying and prince is deadpan like no see something's really wrong are you and he kidding was, me he kept going and he kept it going and i said boy this is going to be a long journey for me i can tell this one so, these are things that no one knows about him but he was really really a funny person and if he knew you and trusted you then he would talk 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 but if he didn't he wouldn't say a word
Wow, that's great. Thank you for sharing those stories. Um, I, I want to bring it back to uh, the shoot that, that you did, Robert, which is why we're here today at Family Affair. Um, can, you, can you walk me through what the shoot was like? It was a three-day yeah, affair, uh, right? really great. We decided to shoot three, three days at uh, different locations. So uh, we were going to shoot on the streets of Minneapolis. I had a very, very small studio at the time in the ice cream building, Kemp's Ice Cream. <laughs> and uh, then we went to Owen's house. So it was uh, three pretty good long afternoons. Mm -hmm. uh, and each, each shoot had a, you know, a lot of different possibilities. So one of the, the most iconic photo, I think, was done in the beginning. I think that was one of our first uh, shots was Prince against the music wall of a company called Schmidt, Schmidt Music Company. Yeah. And oh, this, so good. I, I think, uh, <laughs> With that it, big smile. Yeah. There's, uh, <laughs> I think these photographs are so cool. And it was right in the beginning. But I saw this wall with the music. I thought it'd be cool. All the shots, I basically used a wide-angle lens. And uh, what's so interesting, there was a woman behind uh, him. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to make her move, da, da da She wouldn't move it, but it turns out that this is like an integral part to this great photo. I mean, there's the woman in the background. And uh, a, a couple people... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is so yeah, funny. And uh, She photobombed. <laughs> I know her. This was my mother. I got a call, uh, you know, a long time ago. And... So we shot all these different kind of things, horizontal, vertical pictures. This one, uh, one photo was uh, nominated as like one of the best photos of the last hundred years for celebrities. So, that's, and- That's the iconic. Yeah. Wow, yeah. And what's so interesting is this is an iconic place in Minneapolis, this wall. Mm -hmm. Is it still there today? Uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, Prince has always been in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. So between Prince and Minneapolis, I think this is really the most iconic photograph for both Prince and Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And the, the combination of the, uh, the wall and Prince together is... Uh, you know, I have to say that this idea that Robert had of going over there and shooting against that wall, I mean, you have no, you know, we didn't know, but you have no idea that you're making history, that you're just going to do something that is so iconic I can't tell you how many pictures I've seen where people go to that wall to this yeah. day and take their pictures there. And here it, you yeah. are just taking this little 18-year-old kid around and all of a sudden you're creating one of the most iconic rock pho photographs of all time. It's pretty cool. Right, right. Back, I, uh, I really loved the cropping I did. And mm -hmm. uh, it's really, really a cool photograph. I mean, he's the center, but then the whole wall uh, of the music is... There's really, a lot, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you were saying while you were walking down the street with him that oh, he so, was yeah, pretty so shy. Here, yeah. <laughs> and again, he's shy, and I'm loud and kind of crazy. You know, I was still starting out, like I said, and everything was a learning experience. <laughs> and I think uh, Prince really doesn't, you know, wasn't, didn't want thousands of people looking at him and so on and so on. But we go on the street. And I started uh, this one particular photograph where I just moved, so I didn't show the music wall. I just wanted to show the street. And I got him walking and walking away, but then I really scream and get vocal when mm -hmm. I uh, photograph. You likened it to like you're having sex, I yes. think, during the Q&A the other night. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, so many times when people hear me, 
<laughs> they go, oh my God, it sounds like he's having sex, which uh, <laughs> if I see really a great picture and I'm shooting it, it's really as good as uh, having sex. Yeah. I mean, I love photography and I love get, taking a good picture. So I was screaming and going, you know, make love to the camera. That's one of the iconic uh, uh, sayings or give camera. And he was getting extremely, you know, kind of upset and which made it kind of interesting because you could tell somebody got annoyed, but he didn't, uh, he still worked with me. You know, we were collaborating, trying to do some cool pictures, gave me the finger, walked away, all these different things. So uh, we really got some interesting unguarded moments. And I don't think any fo uh, photos of him, you know, soon after when he became, you know, who he was, I don't think there's that many photos of him unguarded, smiling, or whatever. Um, the Another session we did at my small studio, and I had a background, we used a gray background, a black background, and we tried different props. And uh, some of the props were so horrible that, like I always say, they were so bad that they were good. Like we used a, a light stand. Um, I mean, I would be <laughs> yeah, fired yeah. so quick. I mean, uh, the creative director would walk off the set if I started something like that immediately. Then yeah. we had, uh, we didn't have many props though in my studio. I mean, we had this horrible piece of furniture. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> But that's incredible. I mean, I, I love you, that though. You see my vision? Yeah. I mean, so I've, I've used this for years, but... Uh, so I mean, this is so silly, but yeah. it's it's like so unguarded and so. By fucking the way, cool. that prop you have, do you know how much you could get for that right now? This this prop that you have Probably that you show. <laughs> <laughs> oh that, God! That's yeah. about a forty to fifty thousand dollar prop because <laughs> Prince is in that oh. picture. You could just auction that off. Where I is it? I don't know. <laughs> and so, I, I love the photos that you took that are kind of uh, with the light under his fro, and it looks like well, he's angelic. Also people, you know, back and then they were doing a hair light. And I honestly, I had no idea of technique. So basically all of this, I had to go to the camera store and ask how you do this. And they would say, it's not that difficult. Just take the light, put it here, take this light, put it there. And uh, the, the light was, uh, it really looked cool. Also, we tried a star filter. Um, and that's, you know, when the light hits uh, a sequin, we put sequins on him, it gives a star and uh, it didn't work most of the time. So it just looked like there were holes. And I remember I took uh, the shots to uh, Owen's art director and go, what, what is this? I mean, because it looked like there were just holes under everything. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, yeah, well, well, as we know Prince and, and what he became as an artist, he was obviously very fashionable and, and his image was a, a big thing. Did you sense that from him at this point? Like, was he picky about how, what he was going to be wearing or, or anything no, like I that? No, I think he really worked with me and us. So we had different things. We would try things. We had him take off his shirt, which, uh, again, said uh, he was really a cute guy. <laughs> and I think uh, these pictures without his shirt are very, very sexy. And I think this kind of led to a very, his very sexy uh, persona mm -hmm. without the shirt on. I thought that was... The thing I noticed about Prince the first time he came to my house, it's talking about the clothing and what he's got here. And if you go back to some of the earlier pictures that are in Robert's book, these are not the clothes of a wealthy man. Mm -hmm. But 
I noticed that everything was immaculate, that his pants that were ironed, they had creases in them. Hmm. This was a kid who knew his way around an ironing board at a very early <laughs> age. And I remember thinking, these are not the clothes of a wealthy man, but he's put them together in a way that you know it's cool and he's very fashion conscious right even that even when he had zero money because at the point that robert and i were working with him he was living in andre simone's business uh, a basement he had run away from home moved in with his aunt and then that didn't kind of work out and andre simone's mother took him in and he was living in the in a basement and it, it but it never seemed to bother him mm. and, but if you look at his clothing, you'll see that he's everything is creased and ironed nicely. Unless Robert was ironing, which I don't think. So. <laughs> I'm but, not iron. I have no but, uh, but you're you're in charge of atmosphere, yeah, not exactly. not ironing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he's in charge of the iconic stuff. You know, the Prince was in charge of the ironing board, I guess. Right. So I take it you were really happy with the images, which you saw. Oh yeah, it was, it, you know. It was I worth had every no penny. No idea what was going to turn up. I mean, it can go. It was a disco ball. I mean. Yeah, we we knew we were going to use that. I was wondering if that was my guitar. There's a picture of him with a Stratocaster there. I don't know That's if that. That's a cool picture. Uh, there's a lot of. And this again is uh, the star filter and a backlight. Yeah. which was very you big. You brought me these pictures with the sequins and it didn't quite work. And I said, what the hell? You better go back. Oh my God, you've got everything. Back. I know, I was and so And Robert said, and... I've got 500 other pictures. Shut up. Well, the, the exciting thing... It worked, but not on him. It worked on the bubbles. <laughs> well, the exciting thing is all of these photos are for sale. You can come down to Family Affair and purchase all of them, right? Uh, yeah, so uh, what's cool in the book is each photo says what it is on its on the proof sheet so like it's roll this and frame that and uh so so many of these pictures are so new to everybody because uh just a few have really been out over the years and now to have this whole collection people can see it really looks cool it's printed beautiful well and how did you get in touch or how did freddie get in touch with the both of you to make this exhibit happen uh, well, this is, uh, I got an amazing email from Freddie, and maybe, can you, uh, <laughs> here's Freddie. Hi, um, I was actually, uh, looking at the email that I sent Robert uh, a couple nights ago, and it was actually on April 7th, 2018, literally a couple months ago. April 7th, 2018 happened to be the exact 40th anniversary of Prince's debut for you, which was recorded in Sausalito. So that was kind of an awkward and strange coincidence. Yeah. And the opening was on June 7th, Prince's birthday, which the the single Soft and Wet was released on that day. So, you know, Prince is looking at this right now. Yeah. I think he's, he's kind of orchestrating this from afar. But I literally emailed... Uh, Robert through um, the Prince Prefame website. Uh, it's just a, literally a contact email expressing my motivation of doing a music-related gallery in the Bay Area that's related to a uh, Groove Merchant Record Store. That's a pretty iconic record store in San Francisco. Um, and I, I just had this idea and dream to have the first show be early Prince photos because his debut album was recorded here in the Bay Area. I didn't think that a lot of people knew that. And um, it just so happened that this year was the 40th anniversary. And for 
the first show at Family Affair to uh, feature the first photos of Prince for his first album and to have the person who took those and the person who discovered Prince. I mean, here we are. So uh, everything just kind of universally came together very super organically and um, you know, if anybody wants to do anything in the world, just got to ask nicely, I guess. Well, thank you guys for sitting down with me. It's been such an honor. Where can our listeners find you and more of your work? Uh, you can go to princeprefame.com. You can check out my website at robertwhitman.com. And go to uh, Family Affair, and I will give you Freddie. <laughs> yeah, you could reach us at family-affair.org and follow us at, at family underscore 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 affair on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm going to give it over to Owen. Uh, my book is called Famous People Who've Met Me. And it's really, I was just the little guy. And I love that. Famous people who've met, who've met me. <laughs> and uh, it's a memoir by the man who discovered Prince. And okay, it's, here we go. It's available on Amazon. It's at Barnes & Noble and uh, Apple Books. And also, you can go to my website, which is famouspeoplethebook.com, famouspeoplethebook.com. Just for a little blurb, what are a couple of the famous people that we can expect reading stories oh, about? I do everything. I'll do this real quickly. I, a lot of people thought that my life began and ended with the artist Prince. But what the book really lays out is all the artists I've worked with, from Elvis Presley to... Uh, Al Jarreau's a famous jazz singer to uh, Sonny and Cher, Janis Joplin, the Rolling Stones. And all of those early things that I did for them led up to the moment that I would bump into Prince and know exactly <laughs> what to do, uh, you know, when I met him. So I really wanted to lay out the history of what led up to my part in, because everybody knows about Prince, but my part leading up so that I would be able to help him fulfill his... Uh, his fabulous, unbelievable, undeniable talent. So famous wow. people who've met me. We're going to need a part two with more of those stories. Yeah, actually, <laughs> actually, there's going to be a part two, I think, because so Prince Prefame is open for one month from June 7th, Prince's birthday, to July 7th. And we are planning an amazing closing event on the 7th and uh, potentially bringing Robert and Owen back. Um, you know, we opened yes. <laughs> fairly quickly and a lot of people I think were, uh, you know, wanting to be at the opening party. And so everybody who weren't, wasn't able to be at the opening will hopefully welcome them on our closing on the 7th. And we have amaz an amazing, amazing things planned for that between now and then. So uh, keep your eyes peeled, keep your ears peeled for that. Cool. Thanks, guys. Ooh, that was such a fun interview. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, and again, please go check out Family Affair and their opening exhibit, Prince Prefame. The address is 638 Haight Street. And I, I have one more side note about Family Affair. Uh, when, during their opening, uh, someone gave a speech and was talking about the fact that they wanted to appreciate all of the businesses that came before uh, family affair in that same space and uh, I think a lot of times uh, especially during bitch talk we like to talk shit about how the city is changing and uh, we're losing a bit of our soul and and certain neighborhoods and certain places are unrecognizable now but I think that 
change is inevitable and change can also be a beautiful thing where uh, you learn and you grow and uh, I feel like Family Affair is a perfect example of something changing and becoming something new but also something that is adding to the neighborhood not trying to turn it into something it's not and I think it's really important that when we see businesses like this we support them and uh, we make sure that they stay there because we need we need that and uh, so please go check out Prince Prefame at Family Affair uh, Robert Whitman Owen Husney Freddie Anzuris thank you so much for for your conversation and uh, yeah go to Prince Prefame at Family Affair and just Put on some prints right now, blast it, and dance. Don't forget to go to our website, bitchtalkpodcast.com, to listen to old episodes, subscribe so you don't miss any new ones, and then rate and review us. We love hearing from you. And thank you to our sponsor, Mangrate. Don't forget to go to their website, mangrate.com, and enter the code DAD18 to get 40% off. Bitch, please.